0: Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S Y L V A N 29.com.
1: You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky.
2: What's going on, everybody? This is BGN Radio, episode number 193. Who cares? With me, as always, is Brandon Lee Gowden of BleedingGreenNation.com. I'm Jimmy Kemski from PhillyVoice.com. We have a special training camp preview episode. Probably going to go pretty long on this bad boy. A lot to get to. We're going to go position by position. We'll sort of go through what we think are our things to watch for in uh, Philadelphia Eagles 2021 training camp. And we'll also very quickly just kind of go through who we think is going to be on the initial 53-man roster. And again, we'll just go position by position on that. Brandon,
1: your summer's almost over, buddy. How you doing? Jimmy, I'm excited, though, because it's training camp. It's the start of a new Eagles season. It's not week one. No, it's not the first preseason game. It's the beginning of training camp. It's the first day of training camp for the Eagles, which will be on Wednesday, July twenty eighth. their first practice after the report. On the twenty seventh, so here we are, Jimmy. We've arrived. The dead zone is over. We have a massive training camp preview to get into, as you said. But before we do that, obviously, I want to tell you that BGN Radio brought to you by Right to Sell and Craft Jerky. Go to rightsellin dot com. Discount code BGN fifteen for fifteen percent off. Same discount code works at Wild dot com for fifteen percent off your favorite dog snacks. Jimmy, where do we even start? So before we get to the
2: each positional group, let's first start with Nick Sirianni, and uh, the questions that I have. For him, at least in terms of training camp, you know, what's his on-field coaching style? Is he strictly going to be like a rah-rah guy, or you know, with the rock-paper-scissors and all that stuff, or is he going to get on players for mental mistakes? And and how do the players how do the players respond to that? Um, so, and then also beyond that, like, what are the first clues? Of what his offense is going to look like, like in, tr- in press conferences, uh, all off season, he sort of touted their ability to, you know, be more like a jet ski than a aircraft carrier, in that they could tailor their offense, uh, you know, be nimble in tailoring their offense to the skill sets of three different quarterbacks. My phone is ringing. Already call? Kristen, Who is it? It's Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors. I'm not going to answer that. Uh, wow. I'll talk to you later, Kristen. Sorry uh tailoring their offense to three different quarterbacks uh last three years those guys were andrew luck jacoby Brissett, philip rivers um so how is he going to shape this offense to fit what jalen Hurts's skills are so uh those are the things that
1: i'll be looking for out of uh, nick sirianni in this opening training camp how about you well, just going off of what we did see from him and admittedly very limited action, a couple practices, a sure. few practices that we get to see in OTAs, including rookie minicamp, where there wasn't even a full roster there. Um, You know, I, I think we saw some things that were different in terms of him. I think he kind of seemed to like address the team more, at least he did on that final day, you know, when they were doing those activities. I don't remember like an Eagles coach doing that in the past so much. Like until like the end of practice, mm-hmm. so to me, is he going to be like more interactive? He's really going to be more like hands on and really involved. Because so I kind of saw that too from time to time, like where I don't remember Doug Peterson specifically always like. Like going up to a player he did this sometimes but like and have them work on something like sirianni was really hands-on in that way where he was really trying to like uh go up to guys and have them work on certain things so i think you know if you're looking for a big aspect of the new regime a lot of people want to see player development maybe you're kind of seeing more of that that coaching that hands-on approach um i think the energy obviously is something we'll be watching and also uh not only – so you, you mentioned scheme and something I thought about, like, tempo. How much tempo yeah. do we see? I don't think it's going to be like Chip Kelly, you know, where like, right, they're right. sprinting around the whole practice, but maybe they kind of mix that in. Maybe we see some more of that. Um, so, yeah, those are kind of things I think it's kind of maybe hard to track to some extent, like, because you don't always know what to make out of a practice setting, too. Maybe there's some of those things are subtle, but uh, we'll pick up some things. They have those little – you know, those – um
2: competition thing like Devonte smith against travis yeah. fulgum like that football catching it'll be interesting to see if like they do that on a sort of a daily basis too yeah so anyway let's get to the uh 53 um should we do the 53 who we pro- will do we'll do the we'll project who we think is going to be on the final 53 at each position after we talk about sort of what we're looking for right. in training camp um what are your first things that, that you're looking for
1: out of uh jalen hurts Mr. Jalen Hurts. So, obviously, the big thing is accuracy, right? I think yeah. if you really want to boil it down, Jimmy, couldn't you say, like if you're trying to be an essentialist here, uh, like the most important thing about the 2021 20, Eagle season is like if Jalen Hurts is accurate or not. Like if you're picking one thing, like I think that's like the the make or break kind of thing for this season, ultimately. Um, Obviously, you know, if other things go well, you can still – I'm not saying the whole season is a disaster, but um, I think that's really the, the big swing skill, if you want to call it that. And I think seeing him in training camp be more accurate as a passer is important because I was thinking back to last year in training camp, and I mentioned this on the NFC mixtape with RJ, Jimmy, like last year Carson Wentz did not have a good training camp. No. And we didn't know what to make of that, or I didn't know what to make of that at the time. I didn't want to overreact to that because sometimes I think players can have bad camps and be fine. Um, but. Really, in hindsight, that was a clearly like a sign of things to come. So if Jalen Hurts is struggling in training camp, I'm not going to just be able to write that off and say it's not a concern. It's funny you mentioned that was a sign of things to come. Like, I don't know if you saw the, uh, you know,
2: these national written and local reporters hyping up Ben Roethlisberger as being fit <laughs> when he clearly like looks kind of fat. and He still looks fat but those <laughs> pictures, are, in my opinion. And, you know, we think back to like, the, you know, When Carson Wentz reported to training camp last year, like everyone kind of commented that he had like like he looked up, he was beefed up. And uh, I somebody said he had like a dad bot, I think. And uh, anyway, maybe that was sort of like a hint of things to come, but you're right, as far as Jalen Hurts goes, like we already know what. His positive attributes are, of course, with the intelligence and the leadership qualities. Obviously, he can make plays with his feet, but uh, he was fifty-two percent last year, and it, you know, that's not the end-all, be-all for quarterback accuracy. I mean, it is when it's that low, but you know, quarterback yeah. percentage isn't necessarily always the end-all, be-all for that. But you know, you look at his throws, and there are plenty of throws that he that he should have made, and he didn't make. And while I disagree with Chris Sims in the in the sense that he didn't have Jalen Hurts as one of his top forty quarterbacks in the league behind guys like Case Keenum. It's like, that's ridiculous in my opinion. But, um, you know, certainly what he did say uh, about him, where he missed throws that, Um, he thinks like a good high school quarterback uh, would would typically make I think there's some truth in that so I agree that that has to be an aspect of his game that he has to improve substantially and then just beyond that like what's the vibe surrounding him like among his teammates like is he the guy that his teammates feed off of it's obviously the first time that, that he's in this situation at the pro level like last year he was like third in the pecking order at the quarterback position and I don't know if maybe calling him an afterthought would be the correct way to put it, but certainly he wasn't on like the top of like, like we wouldn't be leading off the podcast last year about like, you know, what's Jalen Hurts going to look like. He was, you know, certainly, uh, you know, somewhere in like the 10 to 20 to maybe like 25 most important players uh, in terms of like what we were looking for in training camp last year. And this year he's the guy like he's going to get more attention uh, than any other player on the roster, with only Devontae Smith, in my opinion, that's that's anywhere in the same ballpark. So, um, well, sorry. One other thing that that I want that I want to see from him in training camp this year is is he going from progression to progression, uh, as opposed to just tucking and running at the first, um, you know, at, at the first like if the first one or two looks aren't there, because he did a lot of that in training camp last year. Like even on seven and sevens, like, he was like running on those, and you don't really see that that often. So you know, this is the time of year where. You can make mistakes and it doesn't matter. Like if you're in training camp and you go through your progressions and you get sacked, like who cares? It doesn't matter in training camp. Just sit back in the pocket and and get better at the things that you're maybe not quite as comfortable with and don't lean on your running ability. You know, maybe do that a little bit more during the games that matter. But this is the time of year to sort of fix, you know, the, those uh, the, those areas that, again, like I said, you're, you're maybe not as skilled at as, as you are with your running ability.
1: It is like funny to watch quarterbacks run in practice, especially like often. <laughs> yes, like maybe you know here and there, sure, but like often because it's like the other team, like no one can touch the quarterback. Yes. so he's just like running down the field. Like there's you know there's no consequence. If that was the real NFL rules, quarterbacks should run all the time. They'd be they'd be yes. awesome. Yes, I remember Blake um,
2: Jackson getting annoyed at that last year. Like he he oh, actually yeah. like yelled at him on the practice. They're like what are you a yeah. running back? Like come on, yeah. throw it, man.
1: Yeah. <laughs> So I agree with that. I'd like to see, you know, he's going to run here and there and that's fine. But um, yeah, need to see more throwing. I do think people are really going to rally around him. I do think we're going to see that he just has that magnetic personality and that leadership personality. Like, I think, you know, that's a big reason why the Eagles drafted him. Like, that was one of the things that stood out that they loved about him. So I do think we're going to kind of see that Um, for. Do you care the- at all about the backup quarterback? competition? Do I care? <laughs> no. I don't I don't even, because I don't think there really is one. I think there should be. Yes. But if we're talking about will there be, I mean, how do you give Joe Flacco, and I know we say this all the time, and I know people hate hearing it, but how do you give Joe Flacco <laughs> <laughs> Three point five million guaranteed, and then he doesn't even be your backup quarterback. Right, right. Like I'm not I'm not a fan. He's a heavy favorite fallacy. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I wouldn't do it, but I, I would be I would I would give the Eagles credit if they like admitted their mistake in doing that and you know put Nick Mullins, assuming you know, Nick Mullins has a better training camp and everything, but I just don't think that's gonna happen. So who do you have making the roster at quarterback? So it's Hertz as the starter, obviously. Mm-hmm. I have Flacco as the backup, and then I think they're actually gonna keep uh Nick Mullins as their third.
2: I have Mullins off. I have him as a cut. And i don't reason, feel confident about it and the reason why is because um i mean he was still on the open market and but it was like mid-june they signed him right so obviously he wasn't getting any uh interest around the league so i think he's a guy that the Eagles can safely stash uh, on the practice squad and
1: pull them up whenever they need him I agree with you in terms of should, but I think in terms of could, I don't know. I just. I but again, we haven't seen him play yet, so we don't. I mean, yeah. if, he, if he if he actually shows something, and he's
2: good. More notably in the preseason games than training camp, then uh, he could certainly find his way on the roster. But I have him off at, at you know
1: to, to begin. I think camp. he's on the bubble though, right? Is that yes. fair to say? Like he's a chance. All right, okay. So why don't we move on to running back next?
2: All right, so um, I think the obvious thing in terms of uh, Miles Sanders. Going forward is, I mean, we, we've talked at length about this, where his rookie season, he came in out of Penn State with the concerns about his pass protection, his ability as a receiver, and then also his ball security. There were no concerns about him as a runner. And we saw the opposite of that his rookie year, where he struggled early as a runner, but he's surprised in that he was fine in pass protection. He was good as a receiver and he didn't fumble much. 2021 or excuse me 2020. It's the opposite of that. Like he was the player that we were sort of anticipating him being when he came out of Penn State. Really struggled in pass protection. Was I think flat out bad uh, as a receiver. Led the lead and dro- led the team rather in drops. Uh, last year, he was bad as a receiver, and then ball security. What did he fumble for? Was it four times, five, something like that?
1: Four times, and it was a really high rate. It was like the highest rate when you other look at the other top running backs okay. in the league at the, at the head at the like the in terms of leading fumblers last year. Yeah, like I think he arguably like was the worst fumbler in the league when you look at it on like a percentage basis and then
2: he was very good as a runner like he was explosive he was like one of the rare players on the roster that could actually make an explosive play here and there uh so i thought he really improved in that area or he had a full season of being an explosive runner whereas he only had he only kind he was only good as a runner for like half the season as a rookie so can he put it all together this year so uh, i think in terms of like what i'll be watching primarily at the running back position is how does he look in pass protection how does he look as a receiver uh can't really tell much as uh You know, ball security, because if you're fumbling in training camp, well, that's a big problem. But um, yeah, yeah, how does he look in those two
1: areas during camp? Uh, To add some more context to his struggles last year as a pass catcher, uh, football outsiders recently put out the something called uh, of theirs called receiving plus minus. You can go to their website to uh, read the entire breakdown of that stat. But uh, point being here they tracked him at a negative double digit score in this metric and that's the first time ever mm. that's happened for a running back in their charting so okay. it's, it's it was it was eight drops on 53 targets like that's really really bad um now they did point out that like his worst of the worst came with Carson Wentz and it wasn't as bad, but still not good with Jalen Hurts. So, you know, maybe there's, and I think that's reasonable. I think playing with Hurts uh, opposed to to Wentz, who just could never seem to contact, not only with him, or I should say connect rather than contact, connect with him or like any other running backs. You know, we've never seen running backs like be a big part of his right. offense really under Carson Wentz, maybe 2017, but like, that's about it. Um, Yeah. So. Like, I think on there that real- point, I think this, sorry to cut you off, but I think like
2: the screen game became like a lot bat- more effective when Jalen Hurts came in because they had to sort of, you know, defensive linemen sort of have to keep their eye on Hurts, whereas they mm-hmm. didn't so much with, with Carson Wentz. And when you have to keep your eye on the quarterback a little bit more, you're less apt to sort of understand what the or uh, I guess uh, recognize when the offensive line is sort of, you know, letting <laughs> letting you run into the backfield as they're trying to get out in front and set up the screen. So I, I think there is something to that in terms of uh, the screen game, potentially being more effective. First of all, because Hertz um, is, his, his style of play is better for the screen game. And then also Nick Sirianni, I think is going to have a better plan for the screen game than Doug
1: did. The, uh title of the post I wrote for my Eagles like training camp running back preview Jimmy was mm-hmm. Who is the real Miles Sanders? Because okay. that's a question I have. Like who who who's the real guy? Is it the mm-hmm. guy we saw in the rookie year? Is it last year? Is it something in the middle? Because of what we see this year, if we even see another season this year that was similar to last year, that's pretty concerning. Like I'm pretty worried about that. Like the running thing is nice, but you're not giving a second contract to a guy who's only like a good runner but just is not really an entity in the passing game. And I think that's a big season, not only for this year, for the Eagles' success in twenty twenty one. But also, like for him to even be a contender for getting a next contract for the Eagles, which I think is already kind of he's working uh, uphill there because I don't think they're you know really chomping at the bit to pay, or as I said, champing at the bit is really the correct way to say it. I believe to pay running backs, Um, I think he needs to prove himself as like you know a dynamic or at least a reliable pass catcher. So yeah, that's the big question. I think we did see again going back to the limited practices that we did see in the spring, we did seem to see a good. Bit, not only with him, but Kenny Gainwell, and other guys too. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of guys catching the ball. Uh, the other thing I want to say on the Miles Sanders uh, pass catching point, um, kind of beating it into the ground here. Like I don't think it's just us who have concern about this, Jimmy. Like look what the Eagles did this offseason. They drafted Kenny Gainwell. They brought in Carryon Johnson. Like these are guys that have pass catching experience. And I don't think they're gonna like you know they're not here to like replace Miles Sanders as the starter. But I think they're like not putting all their eggs in the Miles Sanders is totally gonna rebound to be fine basket. I think that's fair. Who who are the other guys you're looking for in training camp? I really want to see what On Johnson can do, you know, because he's new here. You know, mm-hmm. like, if they keep Jordan Howard over him, that's just, like, right now, as of my, you know, knowing what we know about both of those players right now, that would not be very inspiring. Like, I just think, you know, Jordan Howard kind of might be done. And on is kind of an interesting player, you know, given where he was drafted. And even though he kind of had, he, he took a step back, uh in recent years and last year specifically, he was good as a third down back specifically. Like he was really good in pass pro and he offered some ability as a pass catcher too. So kind of seeing how he's involved. Obviously, Kenny Gainwell, seeing like what he can do. Because I don't really know how big of a role he's going to have as a rookie. He kind of seems like the contender to me, Jimmy, to be this year's uh Kayvon Wallace yeah, right. in terms uh-huh. of like everyone thinks he's going to have this big role. And then he's really not going to play too much at all. So I want to see how much he plays or, or how many, what, what kind of like reps he's getting and how he's doing. Yeah, I mean, he was uh, one of my favorite players to watch, as
2: like one of my favorite prospects to watch leading up to the draft. I really liked him a lot uh, as a player, but he went in the fifth round. So, like, you know, there aren't, I mean, fifth round players don't often, like, make huge contributions in the rookie season. It's a lot easier to do that at running back than it is at other positions. But I'm interested to see what they do with him in training camp. Like, how are they going to use him? He showed he has receiving chops in college. So I'm interested to see if like Sirianni lines him up all over the formation, the slot, the outside, etc. If they have a plan for for him to sort of get him uh, isolated on uh, linebackers and safeties in the passing game, and and uh, see if they can you know take take advantage of those. Um, and you know, the first peek at that will be at training camp. You mentioned carry on Johnson too. I think part of his uh, evaluation this summer will be his knee, like is is his knee 100, yeah. percent and uh, can, can he be the player that? You know, he he was for Detroit uh, early on in his career, or is he a guy that uh, I mean, he said he's going to wear that knee brace the rest of his career. And he said his knee is fine. And it's really just sort of a peace of mind kind of thing. But
1: eh, I don't know. So (laughs) we'll see. Who do you have making the team at, at running back? So my four guys, and spoiler alert, I have four, are Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, on Johnson, and Kenny Gainwell, and I think in that order. And that's why I don't think Kenny Gainwell is like primed to get a ton of playing time this year because I think he has three guys ahead of him. What about you? I have Sanders. I have Scott. I have Gainwell. I do have on Johnson on, but I'm concerned
2: about that knee. And then I have Jason Huntley on. Wow. I picked him up off of uh, I have five running backs because I think it's one of their stronger positions. So I think um, they can you know, go heavy at one of their stronger positions. And I think they're going to, I think they're going to, I think the run game is going to be a bigger factor this year than it was in previous years. And it'd be kind of crazy not to seeing as you have jail Hurts, <laughs> like, you, can, you know you can build a running game around him and, and Miles Sanders and, and, and those guys. So Jason Huntley was a guy, obviously they, they claimed off waivers, uh, at 53 man cuts last year. I know how he likes him a lot. Uh, he's got some speed, um, can, can maybe contribute as a kick returner uh, in addition to Boston Scott. So I I have him on, but not with a lot of confidence.
1: Let's get to the wide receiver position where you can lead it off because it's your boy. <laughs> all eyes are on Devontae Smith. Look, hey, I, you know, listeners of the podcast know I like Devontae Smith, you know, prior to the Eagles drafting him. This is not any kind of like because the Eagles got him. I'm really high on him. I like, I just think this guy is a is a winner, Jimmy. I want winners. In the words of uh, Mike Singletary, and I think Devontae Smith has big winner energy. He is just fun to watch. Also, we saw him in those limited practice. Again, I go back to seeing Merrill Reese, who has seen like more Eagles football than maybe anyone, or at least you know he's up there. And Merrill Reese, the great Merrill Reese, was like his jaw literally dropped when he saw Devontae Smith make a one-handed catch in practice. So, (laughs) like Devontae can do some pretty special things and just limited glimpses that we saw in practice. And then obviously his extensive college career. So all eyes are going to be on him. I think specifically with him, not like we know he's going to be good. Like, so I'm not looking for that, or at least we're expecting that. I think we're kind of looking for like, where all is he going to line up? Is he really, cause like Nick Sirianni, I remember after, uh, Devontae was drafted, was kind of asked, like, do you kind of just want to keep him at one position and have him, you know, like ease him in? And Nick Sciarone was like, no, like, we're going to move him all around. We're going to put him all around the formation. So are we going to see that? Are we going to see him at X and in the slot and Z and everything? And how does he fare at those spots? So uh him really dominating training camp is that's probably going to be just like an easy go-to headline for us, Jimmy, any yeah. day of training camp where we don't know what to say or it's probably going to be the first <laughs> one for a lot of people. So a lot right. of people are going to, uh you know, like to see how good he is again. But uh yeah, it's all about Devontae Smith here.
2: Made an abnormal uh, number of impressive catches during OTAs. And, of course, we only get to watch them during the individual drills. Uh, but we'll see if he can carry that over into training camp. We'll actually see him in competition against uh, defenders uh, during yeah. training camp in seven on sevens, 11 on 11s, et cetera, and one-on-ones and whatever. Uh, big player of importance this year is Jalen Rager. If he can turn into the player that they wanted him to be when they took him 19th overall. Uh, during the 21st, 19, 20,
1: 21st sorry, 24th, 20th, 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 during the, doesn't 20, matter. Tw- whatever, 19, I 19, 20, 21, yeah. somewhere in there, uh, I forget, during whatever. the
2: 2020 draft, Um disappointing rookie season. So how does he respond to that? Um Obviously he's got the athleticism, he's got the explosiveness, like legit, like talent at, for, for at the NFL level but Hmm. is he going to have the effort necessary to improve in really what I think are a whole slew of areas? Um, You know, I'd taken a look at his play during the 2020 season and uh, found his route running ability to make contested catches hands run after catch ability to field punts. I think all those things, I think he kind of left some things to be desired. Uh, So he's got a lot of room for improvement. I think his ceiling is still sort of, High-ish, uh, but he's got to show it. And you know what can Nick Sirianni and the rest of this uh, offensive staff of assistants? Uh, what can they do to unlock
1: you know that ability that he clearly has? I would like to see some big plays down in the field from Joe Rager because that's how we didn't really like we didn't really see that in training camp last week. One right? you to saw me, it? Like- well, it was, we saw a little bit of it. Like we, we not a lot though.
2: Here is what I'll say: you could see his, you could see his like raw athleticism. Like there was one play. It was, I don't want to say it was a deep ball, but it was, it was a deep throw over the middle. I want to say like
1: 30 yards down the of. field. But that was a one on one drill too. That wasn't even in the offense. Like I'm talking about like like eleven. Well, he on didn't 11. even make the,
2: he didn't make the catch. Like it was a high okay. throw by Carson Wentz. It was like it was a classic Carson Wentz overthrow. And <laughs> Jalen mm-hmm. Rager. Like normally, like that the throw that Wentz made. Normally, the receiver just you know, like you know how like Barry Bonds used to be in a. Uh, left field and someone would would like crush a home run and he wouldn't even turn and look at it <laughs> like he would, which is always kind of showed up his, ponder, his pitcher a little bit like most receivers wouldn't even try to go after this throw that was so wildly high over his head but Joe Dugger went up for it and like you know he, he like kind of like got a fingertip on it which was like holy crap how do he even get close to, to to that pass at all like you just saw his his leaping ability and like I think there were impre- like, there there were no shortage of impressive moments like that, hmm. but again, are you making plays? Like, are you making football plays that actually will matter in the game? And I think that's probably what you're getting at. Like, we didn't see enough of those uh, during training camp last year, and and I agree. Like, the, he did Like, we probably saw John Hightower make more plays yeah. down the field during yes. training camp than uh, Jalen Rager did last year. We probably make the argument that he didn't in, re- in the real games last year too. Like, for as bad as Jalen or John Hightower was overall as a receiver, as a rookie last year, he did make, you know, his decent, he made like a decent number of plays down the field. Whereas we really only saw one from Rager, which came really early in the season in the first half against Washington week one.
1: Yeah. I just want to maybe like take over a practice or two. Wouldn't that be nice? Like, oh, wow, Jalen Neger had like a really, really good practice today. Yeah. You know, just kind of like see some really, something like extremely encouraging. I think I need to see. I don't want to just see like, you know, if he's kind of invisible, that's that's kind of concerning to me. And it might not mean anything or everything, but uh, I want to see some positive stuff from him. Another thing I want to see at wide receiver, Jimmy is Travis Fulgham working sure. with the starters. Yeah. It's not like I get if the coaches are kind of want to push him because I think he, especially more than some other players, might need to be pushed a little bit more. And I don't think they should just hand the starting job to him from day one, but he should be rotating in there with the starters. And obviously, if he's like, if he's practicing well and things are going well behind the scenes, presumably, then he should be with the starters. Like if Greg Ward is just automatically the starter with every like 11 team lineup, then that's pretty concerning to me. I don't like that.
2: You know, you can do a lot of different things with those top three guys. Like, the three most talented receivers on the roster are going to be Devontae Smith, Jalen Rager, and Travis Fulgham. And I think you can do a lot of different things with those three guys. Like, I think Fulg- I mean, Fulgham lined up both outside and in the slot last year. Like, he was killing uh, Mike Hilton of the Steelers. Like, he when he – against the Steelers, like he was playing in the slot
1: against Mike Hilton. He was, was a really good slot corner, by the way.
2: And Hilton couldn't – he couldn't cover him because yeah. Fulg- Fulgham was too big and he was using his size to his advantage too well. So, I think you can – have games where there's maybe a shrimpy slot corner and you put Fulgham in the inside and let him go to let him eat against that guy. There are other times where maybe you have like a, like a a guy who, who isn't, you know, uh, suited to handle like deep speed at like Jalen Rager and Jalen Rager can be a guy that plays in the slot and you can do some different things with him down the field. And then Devontae Smith, you can pretty much put anywhere you want and he likes He can succeed in my opinion, likely in the NFL, wherever you put him. So, I mean, and then obviously fogham on the outside makes sense because of his size at the x at the x spot so i think there's a lot of different things they can do with the with this set of wide receivers and you know for as fun a story as greg ward is and you know transitioning from quarterback to wide receiver and whatever he's just not like he's just not a threatening player at all i mean we've we've noted many many times uh in the past his career yards per catch average and he's just not a threat down the field. He's not a threat after the catch. He's a guy who maybe belongs on an NFL roster because he gives you some special teams uh, ability, and or, or at least he can play on special teams rather. And he's going to make catches that he that you know you would expect him to make, which is more than you can say of you know a lot of Eagles receivers in in, pre- in recent years. So I think he's you know, certainly worthy of a roster spot. But like you said, I want to see those three guys: Folgum, Smith, Rager. I want to see those three guys on the field a lot. And if they're not the three primary guys uh, on
1: game day week one, then I think something has gone wrong during training camp. Greg Ward ranked 110th out of 112 wide receivers in yards per route run last year. So do you have who who was behind him? uh, I forget exactly who it was, but they also weren't, they're like really their names. You probably wouldn't even know if you were just like, you know, (laughs) they're guys buried on the, you know, they're not good receivers. Um, Okay. (laughs) So Jimmy, why don't we go through our, Players that we have at this position. You go first this time.
2: All right. So I have six receivers making it Smith, mm-hmm. Rager, Fulgham, Ward. I have Quez Watkins, and I have JJ Arthago Whiteside getting one more chance this season. I have uh, John Hightower
1: getting cut. Okay. So I have Devontae, Jalen, uh, Travis Folgum is my top three. Greg Ward, four. And then I have Quez Watkins, five. I only have five. Now, I kind of might regret this because I feel like this. Regime might be a little wide receiver friendly given, you know, Nick Sirianni's penchant for that position. So they kind of mm-hmm. might have a little bit more, you know, if it comes down to like two guys, he, Sirianni might really, you know, let's keep that extra receiver. You know, I want, I want to work with that guy. Um, I just don't think JJ Arthur Whiteside deserves a chance on this team. Oh, like, I don't what, either. <laughs> what can he? But what can he even do to deserve a chance on this team? Because we've seen him like last year. We thought he like he took a step forward in the preseason, <laughs> yeah. and guess what? He didn't. So yeah. I just like it's hard for me. I don't know what we can learn about JJ Arthur Whiteside in this training camp. Like I really don't like. To, i don't understand like how he can have a good camp and they're convinced he, that means he's good now like we saw that before and it didn't happen uh I he's say, a second round pick
2: think, and he gets the third year. Is, is really my i mean is, yeah that's I, that's, I,
1: that's, I, that's my logic on that like
2: I, i'm with you i don't think he deserves a roster spot and, yeah. and by the way like as you noted like he, he had a good camp last year he had a good camp as a rookie too like he had two he's strung together two good camps already sure. so if he doesn't have a good camp this year then i think he's cut but I think he uh-huh. is going to have a good camp cuz he's had two good camps already. So I think he's going to have a good camp this year which will be enough to let him make the team. But all optimism's out the window for him. Like there was optimism obviously in his rookie season. There's optimism for him last year when he had another good camp. This year like everyone's going to be like, yeah, nobody cares
1: until you show it in a real game. So I left John Hightower off notably as you did. Jimmy John Hightower ranked 150th out of hundred and fifty wide receivers graded by pro football <laughs> focus last oh, year. was dead he? last. Uh, he had the I worst. I agree with pro football focus for a change on that one. <laughs> he had the worst passer rating when targeted out of 15 any wide receiver. point something, right? It was fifteen point two. Yeah, okay. And for context, like the next worst mark was double that. It was more than double that. So like, he was just like re- and he's also he's already twenty five years old. Like this isn't like oh he's you know, he's super young like he's already twenty five years old and again he looked good in camp last year, so I don't really know what you're gonna like make out of it if he kinda looks good again. Uh I just and he also doesn't play special teams. So like you know, it's just yeah. I, like why why are you keeping this guy around? I think I just, he's like I, the I second really or third oldest it. receiver on the team. Yeah, because Greg Ward, <laughs> I think, is the oldest, like twenty six <laughs> yeah. or so. So yeah, not not great. Um why don't we take a break here, Jimmy? Okay. But uh, before we go to that obviously i'm going to tell you about right to sell craft jerky which is the sponsorship for bgn radio that you're hearing me say right now it's a real like purred happily that i just pulled right there shout out to parks and rec um right to sell and craft jerky is just a really great product you're gonna love it when you try it out by going to right and using discount code bgn15 for 15 percent off your orders good way to try it get a discount also if you're looking for snacks for not only you, but your dog friend as well, you want to go to wildnaturepet.com and get their high-quality, trustworthy dog treats by going to that website, wildnaturepet.com, and you can just code BGN15 for 15% off Jimmy.
0: Back after this. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge
1: Back here on BGN Radio, Jimmy, it is time to get to the tight end position. We kind of have a bit of news at this spot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, Howard Eskin reported that Zach Ertz um, has been around
2: the facilities quite a bit uh, recently. um, And wouldn't be surprised, or I don't forget exactly how he worded it, but it's looking More likely, there's a
1: very good chance he's on the team this year. That he's on the team at the start of the season is what he said specifically. Which to me is crazy.
2: (laughs) Which we won't get into all that in this
1: episode. Uh, But he, well, I disagree. uh, Why is it crazy? Because a lot of people are out there like, "Oh, this is a good move. The Eagles are better now with Zach Ertz back." No, they're not. I mean I mean like that's not the calculus that like should matter to everyone or the only one. Like the idea that like you bring that earth back and it's a no brainer. No, it's not a no brainer. It's a situation where you're paying eight point five million dollars that you could otherwise be saving and rolling over to next year. And by the way, like I've seen some people just like gloss over the eight point five million, like, oh that's not that much money. Like what are it's you about? It's a huge about? amount of money. <laughs> it would be the fifth high if you took an eight point five million dollar <laughs> player like, yeah. as a cap hit just one year this season it would be fifth on the eagles this year in cap hit if you want to combine jason kelsey and isaac sumalo's cap hit like two of your starting players on the offensive line this year that equals about 8.5 million so don't tell me that money is like irrelevant no you know what
2: that might be that 8.5 million you know what that roughly might be like let's say they want to franchise tag miles sanders in a couple years that's about Mm -hmm. what it is what it's going
1: to cost yeah you could you get your
2: market for that
1: I mean, like it's 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 significant. It's significant yeah. for a player who is not going to be back here next year because Zach Ertz's contract is up after this season. And in what world is he going to return? In a world where you're also re-signing Dallas Goddard, like because Dallas Goddard's contract is also up after this year. And also, does Dallas Goddard want to resign here when his numbers are kind of being held back once again? Was Zach Ertz still here? Like, I just I I think Zach Ertz is back in part i mean i get it from his side i don't blame zach Hertz at all zach Hertz is doing what makes sense for him he's realizing that he's not going to get better money from another team like mm-hmm. by asking to be cut so he wants to get his 8.5 million that he's getting here that makes sense i'm not his on his end i get it from the eagles end i don't get it it doesn't make sense to me yeah i mean
2: clearly uh in my opinion like the Ideally you could trade him for, for anything. Trade him for literally anything at this point. And if you can't, then you like 8.5 million is more valuable than one year of Zach Ertz in a non-competing season or, or non-Super Bowl uh contending season. He's just it's just not it's just not worth it on, on for any reason. Like the only the only like logical rebuttal that um I, I think is is legit is okay, you just hang on to him for a while and you know, maybe at the, like maybe he plays better, significantly better than he did last year. Like last year, he was bad. Like a lot of people want to blame Carson Wentz or the scheme or whatever for his, you know, shortcomings in 2020. Okay. That's fine. But he was, he was bad on his own merits last year. Like he had a legitimately bad year last year on his own. So I mean, is he in severe decline? I don't know. Like, I think he's in decline, but uh, I think he's probably better than what he showed last year. So the idea that like maybe he can play better in the first few games of the year and then you can trade him at that point okay, like I can buy that to some extent. But still, even if like that happens, you're still not going to get much for him. Like <laughs> like what's the max you're going to get for that guy at, at any point, a five? Like, is that the best you're going to do? And then by the time the trade deadline comes around, you've already paid half of his salary anyway. So you're already out, you know, at least 4 million by that point. So, I mean, the idea that they're going to keep him instead of $8.5 million, which, again, could go to literally anything. You could save Steven Nelson for that money if you wanted yeah, to. Yeah, this year if <laughs> you wanted to. Yeah. Right. So like, who would you rather have? Would you rather have Zach Ertz or Steven Nelson? <laughs> right? <laughs> so, like, I mean, I, I'm guessing that this report that was put out by Eskin is maybe sort of Howie Roseman signaling, we're not cutting him, so give us something for him please uh-huh. anyone give us something for him so that we can move on from this finally but uh it will be interesting to see if he's actually in camp and playing uh on a day to day basis and and you yeah. know what if he gets hurt then it's an absolute disaster
1: yeah Yeah, absolutely. And that's so that's the kind of the funny thing. Cause I think some people are looking at it like, oh, you bring him back and you kinda hope to trade him. It's like a Teddy Bridgewater situation, you know, a little bit different with Sam Bradford in terms of you're not getting a first round pick. But you know, a team gets desperate. But like there's just isn't there just as much of a chance that Zach Hurts himself is gonna get hurt? Like you can't just bank on another team and that injury might not even happen. Like that's just that's not even a real strategy. Howie Roseman himself said hope is not a strategy. That strategy would be just hope. So that doesn't make sense to me. Also, the argument that, like, you need to keep Zach Hurts because you need to give Jalen Hurts every chance he possibly can have to succeed. Like, I just don't agree that, like, Zach Ertz is a make-or-break factor in that. And we, we talked about last week, like, Zach Ertz isn't necessarily – or, sorry, Jalen Hurts isn't necessarily, like, the most, like, tight end, you know, friendly kind of guy. So, like, you're really going to have, like – run a lot of twelve personnel out there with a quarterback who isn't even like the biggest like tight end uh favorer, if you want to call it that. Um I just don't see the sense. I don't want to see any more twelve tight ends. I don't want to see any of that nonsense no. anymore
2: anyway. Like I don't want to see that as the primary um, right. formation in the offense. Like if you want to sprinkle that in a little bit every here and there. But sure. No. Sure. Like I don't like and, and also like there's no good reason for allowing Zach Ertz to take snaps away from Dallas like It's, it's crazy man! It's just crazy yeah. to, to, to take snaps away from from the younger and, in my opinion, better uh, tight end, at least at, at this point in their careers. Um, so, <laughs>
1: so what do we want to see from tight end in training camp? <laughs> we don't want to see Zach Hurts there just because we don't think it makes sense for the team. Right. That's something Uh, personal against Zach Ertz, by the way. I just feel the need to disclaim that. We're not saying like – Of course. You hate Zach Ertz or he isn't a good eagle. Like he is. But it's just the situation the team is in and looking forward. Um, He made huge
2: huge plays in the Super Bowl. Go ahead, touchdown. Fourth down conversion. Like he's a a Philadelphia legend. Throw and throw. But again, worth looking at this unemotionally and saying like that 8.5 million is more valuable than what Zach Ertz is right now.
1: Yep. So I think that's really kind of the big thing at it because like, we're not really looking for anything from tight end, right? Like right. obviously you want to see Dallas Goddard, like, but like what are we going to learn about him? We already Do know we what Dallas Goddard is, base? yeah, Richard yeah.
2: Rogers. We already he's a known quantity. I think as far as you know, beyond those two guys, they have a, they have a lot. They actually have a lot of tight ends on the roster. They have eight on the roster right now, which is a crazy number uh-huh. at that position. And you know, I think one of those one of these extra guys. We'll probably uh, land a roster spot and, you know, between it'd be between Jack Stoll, Caleb Wilson, Jason Kroom, And then two guys, I think, who are, um, you know, have some uh, they'll be interesting to watch, at least in training camp in Hakeem Butler, who was the first pick of the fourth round in the 2020 draft, 2019. I don't know. 2019 draft, I think it was. And uh, Tyree Jackson, who was at one time. Thought of by some, I always thought this was ridiculous, but one time was thought of by some as a potential first round pick as a quarterback at a Buffalo. Uh, And he has since transitioned from quarterback to tight end. Interestingly, his number one comp on mockdraftable.com is Logan Thomas, another quarterback turned tight end who... Uh, after like a bunch of years trying to convert to tight end, finally had like a really good season last year for Washington. So I think he's more of a long-term project, Tyree Jackson, but they have a lot of these guys that, um, you know, we'll see if one of them can step up. So who do you have making the roster?
1: So I have Dallas Goddard, Zach Hertz, unfortunately, and then (laughs) Richard Rogers. I would like to see one of the young guys step up. Maybe it's a Jack Stoll, who again received the highest guarantee of the Mm -hmm. UCDF signings, and which I think pretty much guarantees him a uh, practice squad spot at the very least. Um, maybe I don't, I don't, I think someone like Tyree Jackson is going to take time. Like, I think like, there's no way he makes the roster. I think you're looking at practice squad at best for him. Who do you have? I have, I don't have Ertz on. I'm not buying that yet. I have Goddard. I have Dickrod, and,
2: uh, I've Jack stole on for the reason that you nice. mentioned. Did you, I know you said guaranteed money. Did you also say signing bonus? Cause he got, he was the highest on the team in both, both categories. So, uh, signing, I don't know. So, signing bonus and. Uh, highest guaranteed amount of money among the undrafted free agents both of those categories he led the team Mm -hmm. so there's something that they see that they like in him
1: so uh i'll go ahead and I'll put him on the roster all right so we'll move to the offensive line where i have the eagles going heavy we'll get into that a little little bit later but um obviously the biggest thing we're all watching the biggest battle on the team right In any form in training camp battle is the left tackle spot. And it's, it's a, it's a battle that like the team has admitted to. It's not even like, you know, some of these that were kind of, maybe the media is making something out of it. Like they always do the lying media. Um, it's something (laughs) that fake uh, news is very, yeah, is very obvious with Jordan Milata and Andre Dillard, who back in OTA said they were splitting first team reps at that spot. And I will be interested to see how those reps exactly are being split and also. Won't it be a little bit interesting to see who is the very first person taking, you know, the rep? Sure. Like who's, who's the first guy? And it's probably going to be Jordan Milata, in my opinion, but we'll see. Maybe it won't be. And that'll be kind of a curveball. Um, you know, I think Milata is going to win this competition. I also like, how much are we going to be able to learn? You know, because like this isn't like, you know, some other kind of battles we see in training camp, like receiver cornerback, where sometimes it can be a little bit more obvious. Like if a guy is just getting, you know, freaking, uh, corners is getting beat. All training camp long, and another one's like making interceptions every day. Like, okay, I think we know which one's winning this battle. Whereas, like, left tackle, I mean, obviously, there's certain things you can see, like Andre Dillard getting blown into Carson Wentz's leg by Joe Osman last yeah. year. Um, I guess you can see that kind of stuff. But, like, how much are we going to be able to measure in the preseason in training camp?
2: I think you can probably evaluate that position fairly during training camp. Well, the coaches and, can. And, and cer- but I'm and certainly, like you the preseason. And, yeah. Eh. I think, I mean, yeah. So, what you're saying, I guess, is right in terms of like, we can see the obvious, like, yeah, you're getting beat or you're not. Well, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. And the one that you mentioned was, I mean, so, like, I, I remember that day, like, that was my headline. And I wrote, like, a lot of words about that one play where Joe, o- I mean, Joe Osman just bull rushed him, like, into oblivion. Pancaked him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Joe Osman isn't a big guy. So, I mean, like, I think these two players are very different stylistically. Like Andre Dillard has the, you know, the extreme athleticism and the quick feet and all that. But uh, he showed as a rookie that he simply couldn't anchor against power. And that's a, I mean, a potential death blow for his career. If he can't get that fixed, if you can't, Anchor against power. You're done because then you start overcompensating for that and you get beat around the edge. It's just it's just a bad starting point to, to have uh, as an offensive tackle. So did he get stronger this offseason? And not just like stronger in the weight room, but did he add like functional strength? And that's going to be the biggest thing um, for, for him to prove during training camp. Uh, whereas Jordan Milata is sort of the opposite. Like he struggled a little bit with speed uh, last year, speed on the edge, uh, speed on like, you know, um, uh, counter moves to the inside. But in, as far as like running through that guy, not happening. Like he's a brick wall. You're not going to run through him. And I think that's a, a better starting point for an offensive tackle than, than where Andre Dillard is at. So I'm with you. I think Jordan Milata will ultimately win that competition but it's closer only because dillard's not only first round pick but a guy they traded up for in the first round whereas jordan Milat is a seventh round pick so that's going to factor in just simply their draft positioning and and because the roster is i mean we, we even asked jeff stoutland like um are you going to have say over who wins that job? And he's basically like he basically said no, he didn't have full control over who wins that he'll have influence, of course, over who wins that starting job, but he will not have full control over, over who wins that job. He said that'll be the decision of Nick Siriani, which you know you and I can speculate could also mean that it's really the decision of Howie Roseman. And Howie Roseman is certainly at least going to be a heavily influential figure on who wins that starting job and uh again you give Andre Dillard a couple points on that because uh he because
1: of his draft uh his draft position pedigree unless it's like wow look how smart I am I got a franchise left tackle in the seventh round he didn't even know how to play football and now we, <laughs> we brought him up that's right um I mean I actually gave him credit for that I mean that that was a great pick that they made well, sure. on him. yeah yeah um that's why sometimes it's good to take like chances on guys with upside mm-hmm. and not just like the veterans all the time. You know, maybe like Casey Tuhole. Anyway, <laughs> uh looking at the other thing I'm interested to see, Landon Dickerson on the yeah. offensive line. Like, where is he lining up? Uh what to what extent is he participating in practice? Is he fully healthy from the beginning of training camp? Like I think there's I think there's a real potential for him to at least be like the sixth offensive lineman off the bench. I'm guessing they're not going to put him as tackle, but what if they really like him a lot and feel like he can do, like he's so good that he can do that too. Um, Also, like if we're looking at, so the way I kind of frame my post, my training camp previews on bleeding green nation, Jimmy is like, I include like who could be a surprise cut here. Like, you know what, what, or Mm -hmm. I should really put like, what's a surprise move. And I think if we're looking for like something that has a low chance, but is realistically feasible and worth talking about is like, could Leonard Dickinson like push for a starting job like could he be so good that like the Eagles are like we have to put him in like we have to put him in like i don't i'm probably for Samalo i'm not i don't think that's likely i think it's a small percentage chance but like i don't know i don't think it's impossible yeah so um i'm with you there so like if he's the best
2: if he's one of the five best players, the five best offensive linemen on the team, you know, uh, the guy he would be replacing, he wouldn't be replacing Kelsey. He's not, he's yeah. not going to be replacing Brandon Brooks if Brandon Brooks is playing. He's not going to replace Lane Johnson or he's not going to play left tackle. So yeah. it would be Isaac Samalo that, that he'd be replacing. Um, my counter to that would be, again, this is a longer term rebuild or retooling or however you want to put it. And, you know, you look at all the guys on the offensive line that, You know, their, their tenures with the team are likely soon coming to an end. You're not going to say that about Isaac Samali's under contract for at least the next two years. And he's going to be a starter more than likely in 2022, no matter what happens this year. So I don't know that getting Landon Dickerson in the lineup as quickly as you possibly can, uh, really serves your best long term interest, especially because at some point somebody's likely to go down and he's gonna be getting into games anyway. So it's not like he's not gonna be it's not like he's gonna be sitting the entire year as long as he mm-hmm. is ready to play at some point. So I mean I guess that'd be my counter, but yeah, certainly his uh he's a second round pick. He's like a in a high he's like what 38, thirty eight thirty thirty-seventh overall? So I mean we're like Zach Ertz was what, thirty fourth overall, I think. It's a high pick, and they expect this guy to be, you know, a starter for a long time on this offensive line. So uh, sort of an underrated, really important player. He's been a little bit under the radar, obviously, because he is still rehabbing from that torn ACL. And then, you know, on that injury front, I think the other things to look for is, you know, how does Lane Johnson look? Is his ankle finally cooperating? Is Brandon Brooks back to the Brandon Brooks of old after, you know, rupturing his other uh, achilles he's got you know that three major injuries in a span of 18 months with you know ruptured achilles uh in one leg and then the other leg this past this past year uh past the summer really and then uh he had a bad shoulder injury against the giants in 2019 so there's <laughs> there's a lot for those guys to overcome and also go sorry getting back to dickerson for for a minute too like I think we're going to see maybe more cross training than we did last year. Like Jack Driscoll, for example, was a guy that was thought of as a guy that could play tackle and guard. But the Eagles said, we're not going to worry about all that nonsense in a COVID shortened offseason. You're just going to play tackle this year. So it'll be interesting to see like what they do with him. And if they cross train Dickerson, like as you mentioned, at center and guard, and maybe uh, even a little touch of tackle too. So
1: uh, a, a lot more to look for in the offensive line this year than in previous years. My 10 offensive linemen. Ten. Uh, 10, okay. And part of the logic there is the Eagles just had a season in which they started 14 different offensive line combinations. So I think they're going to – they might go the classic Eagles who love to overcorrect, but I think in this case could be justifiable. Yeah. Um, no, never just never at, a bad idea to go heavy on the line anyway. Especially when you have Jeff Satlin here. And like if you're going to yes. keep some developmental guys, you might as well keep those guys around. And mm-hmm. also – not only were you hurt last year, but you have these aging players who could get hurt again. And like you want to have those guys here in-house, I think. Um, so it's justifiable to me. And they've done it before. It's not like yes. they've never done 10 before. So, uh, But I think especially it makes sense now. Uh, Jordan Milata starting at left tackle. Isaac, left guard. Jason, Kelsey, center. Brandon Brooks, right guard. Lane Johnson, right tackle. And then I have Leonard Dickerson, probably is the top interior guy. Um, Eventually, so, at some point. Yeah, whenever he's ready. Early Maybe
2: in the season, again, it might
1: be Nate, but uh, but at some point, certainly he's going to be the the top reserve. At some point, uh, I have Jack Driscoll probably as your swing tackle, really playing on on both sides. Uh, so I don't have Andre Dillard here. Spoiler alert: um, Nate Herbig, who I think is he just turned twenty three, like a couple like a couple weeks ago, Jimmy. So okay. very very young. And I think he has some nice potential. Uh, I have Brett Toth, who the Eagles have. (laughs) This, this will actually be his first training camp with the Eagles, by the way. His first full one. Because when he signed with the team, it was like late in training camp. Yeah. And then they didn't have him last year. So, but they seem to like him. Like they made a big effort to like bring him back after the Cardinals let him go. So I don't know. They seem to like him. And also like their tackle situation, like long term is kind of up in the air with like Lane having been hurt. Yeah. And, uh, Jordan Milata not signed after this year. Andre Dillard in this situation, I have him gone. You have him traded? Uh, he, probably. Yeah. I don't think they're. They, yeah. They're not going to cut him. They're going to trade him. Okay. Um, so you have nine so far. Who is your 10th guy? And then Coyote, Oseka. Okay. That's my 10th. What about
2: bold. you? It's a, a bold group you got there. So well, I have uh, uh, from left to right Milata, San Milo, Kelsey, Brooks, Johnson. And then I have Dickerson. I have Dillard. I have uh, Driscoll and I have Nate Herbig. So I only have nine. Um, mm-hmm. The one guy you didn't mention, actually there's a couple guys you didn't mention, uh, but the the guy that I took a look at this off season, I actually thought he was okay. Was Suo Opetta. He played better than, uh, than I was anticipating when I sat down and I watched him. Matt Pryor did not play, uh, but to be clear, I don't have Opetta on. I, I think that, I think they're going to trade somebody. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's Dillard. Maybe it's another one of these other guys. Like, they often trade offensive linemen during training camp. Matt like Tobin. It's, and yeah, I mean, it happens quite a bit. They traded, uh, who's the guy they traded to the Bills who actually made their team? Uh, Ryan something. He used to play for Ryan Bates. Penn State. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Ryan Bates is another one. And there are others. Uh, uh, Not a good trade, by the way. They traded like him for like Eli Harold, who was like a camp body at <laughs> edge rusher. <And> Ryan <laughs> right. Bates, I believe, is still on the Bills roster. Yeah, yeah. I, think he's
2: still, I think he's still there. And then there's the guy who played tackle and guard. Under the, in the chip years, and they traded them during the when Howie returned. Is that athletic guy? I can't remember his name. Ah, it's gonna kill me. Anyway, they they have made a lot of uh backup offensive lineman trades. So I think they're gonna trade you know one of these guys, whether it's uh you know opetta or Matt Pryor. Or maybe even Brett Toth, Luke Gerga, one of those guys. I think uh, it could be traded for some other, you know, player at another position. Um, and then, of course, you have on the pup list more than likely La Raven Clark. Wow, who the Eagles signed uh, what in like May, I think May, May or June. They signed him. He's uh, you know, he's got a decent amount of experience under his belt. Uh, but he had some
1: hey butters. What's going on, buddy? <laughs> Did you see the Paul reach up on my shoulder there? No, but I heard a little like <laughs> noise. I didn't know what it was. So For yeah, those he... who don't know, Butters is Jimmy's cat. <laughs> he
2: has a he has a decent all right. He's
1: kind of meowing over there.
2: Yeah, he is. He's got a decent amount of experience. Um I think he's like uh sort of, you know, reinforcements after uh week six when they're, you know, they may have an injury or two. He can play tackle and guard. So I think
1: he's eventually going to find his way on another roster, but he's not going to be in on the initial 53. All right. So let's, yeah, I agree with you, by the way. I had uh, Raven Clark on my PUP list. And it's also kind of like a nice little bonus for the Eagles in that like, like it's a situation where their offensive line depth might be strained in theory at that point in the season. Like, uh, and they'll be able to activate him as soon as week seven, if that's the case, and kind of bring another guy into the mix. Um, all right, the new market you, inefficiency.
2: Why, why don't you start in? All right. So, were you gonna are you gonna continue on with the offensive line there?
1: On a flip over to the defense, Jimmy. Okay. <laughs> while you presumably, I'm gonna let I'm gonna let uh,
2: Butters out of my office so that he can go bother okay. Kristen instead. He's just looking for treats, I think. So, hang on. A you continue okay. on with the uh, with the defense. Yeah, I'll Jimmy's right gonna back.
1: leave, and I'll just monologue here about the defensive end position. Jimmy has some sweet uh nikes and on by the way and some uh nice blue, blue gym shorts He just let butters out the door um <laughs> but i'm getting on to uh the defensive end position where pretty cut and dry what i have here for well at, at least the the top four at this position which we'll get into a little bit later but thing i'm looking for in training camp uh not Brandon graham certainly who we know what to expect from but it's like derek barnett is this finally, Jimmy, the year that for real this time? this is Derek Burnett's become the new Zach Ertz and like, is this finally his breakout year? Uh, unlike Zach Ertz, though, Derek Burnett has battled injuries for pretty much like this yeah, is like actually, year. The way they want to frame this, Jimmy, assuming it's not like last year where we thought Derek Burnett was going to be healthy and then he came into training camp and somehow he was hurt. Like, we don't even know how <laughs> right like, from day one. This year will be the first training camp that Derek <laughs> Barnett is healthy, going into camp at least, since his rookie season. So that's kind of a big deal, I think. Um, that's good. It's a big year for him. He is 25. So we've always talked about how he's young. That's yes. almost like a meme at this point. Um, but it's a big year. It's a contract year for him. He's on this fifth-year option. And I think a lot of people like Josh Sweat more. Not that that necessarily matters, but in terms of fans, I think there's like kind of a lot of heat or pressure in Derek Barnett to yes. really step up. Also interested to see what Josh Sweat, like what he can bring and not only uh, how they perform, but also like what are the snap counts there looking like? Because we know that Jim Schwartz was a very, very, very big Derek Barnett fan. Mm-hmm. So is it kind of like, uh, is the, is the slate wiped clean with a new coaching staff? Is there going to be that same kind of, you know, favoritism for Barnett? Will Josh Sweat get more of a chance? Can Josh Sweat handle more of a role? I saw Josh Sweat push back on the fact recently on Twitter. I don't know if you saw this, Jimmy, that uh, his knee is deterring him from becoming like a long term starter. He says his knee is fine. Um, So, what's your uh, thing that you're looking for here? Well, it's funny how that goes. uh,
2: First of all, like if Josh Sweat had been taken in the first round and Derek Barnett had been taken in the fourth round, expectations. There there would be, you know, Derek Barnett would be the more favored player (laughs) than than Josh Sweat. But, you know, Barnett was a. you know, had more production their first, you know, or, or early in in their careers, but I think Sweat had a better year in
1: in 2020 than than Derek Barnett. Yeah. Certainly, you don't think so. I think his year gets overrated last year cuz he got off to a hot start and then I think everyone assumed he was playing that well but he really had this big cold stretch throughout the year last year that I think people didn't really talk about just cuz he had that hot start. I think sometimes in life to me people make a really good first impression yeah, and yeah, they kind of yeah. skate off of that even though they might not be as good as that first impression and then you kind of but they just kind of live off of that and that's why we talk about why first impressions are important. So I kind of disagree that, but that in anyway. closing strongly too like the
2: last impression that you leave. In fact they teach that like in uh, like what for for people trying to like study for tests and stuff like that. They teach that. Like they say, like typically the first thing that you study and the last thing that you study are the things that you'll remember the most. And everything in the middle mm-hmm. is just a little more cloudy. So, and you know, the, the season that Josh sweat had last year, you're right. Like he did get off to a strong start. And yeah, he, he had the the big game in their last win of the year against the saints, saints where he yeah. had uh the, the sack fumble uh, on Taysom Hill. And then he had another play in that game. Like it was one of the more impressive sacks that I saw from an Eagles player, On the season last year against Teron Armstead, where he got his left arm, straight arm into Armstead's chest. And then with his right arm, he took Armstead's outside arm and he just lifted it up and he bull rushed him right back into Taysom Hill and got the cycle. It was really impressive. Teron Armstead is like borderline, like all pro player. And uh, yeah. he just owned him on that play. And actually, look at Sweat's six sacks over the season. Like there are no gimmies there. Like they're all impressive pass rushes. Like the only one that like he wasn't, he didn't like just totally own the uh, the offensive tackle uh, on the play was the sack fumble against the Saints. So uh, I mean, I, I think his, his sacks are actually were actually very good. And he's developed like as as a as a technician. Uh, you know, early in his career, he just sort of had those. You know, really impressive measurables, but you know, not didn't have the production in college. Didn't have the production early in his in, in his career in the pros, but he started to put it together last year. And um, yeah, I think there there are reasonably uh, high expectations for him in in twenty twenty. Like I think he's a uh, I think he's got I think he's got something you can work with at least. at at defensive end so it'll be interesting to see like which of those two players between barnett and sweat both in contract years which one Mm -hmm. the team is going to favor in terms of what who they look to because they have to get a long-term deal with one of them because brandon graham is how long is he going to play and what do you have after Brian you know, Kerrigan? How long is he going to play? <laughs> those two guys aside, what else do you have in defensive end? So they're going to have to get something done with at least uh, one of those players, if not both of them. So, you know, those two guys are almost kind of in competition to to see who the team is going to favor in terms of contract extensions.
1: The other thing I would include here even though I think it kind of almost deserves its own new position for the Eagles is the, like that line, the pass rushing linebacker. Right. We should probably,
2: we should have probably noted, what you know, the Jonathan Gannon stuff uh, Mm -hmm. uh, ahead of the positional groups. And real real quick, I'll just say like, you know, what are the early indications of what his scheme is going to look like? And Mm -hmm. is he running a quote unquote Mike Zimmer like defense? And and what exactly does that mean? And the point that you're about to get to here is like, who's going to play that quote unquote Anthony Barr
1: role uh, Mm -hmm. in the defense. Yeah, because that's like I was doing my uh, defensive line preview for the Eagles uh, on BleedingGreenNation.com recently, Jimmy, and I didn't want to include those players in there because I didn't because they're they're technically working out with the linebackers. And, like Patrick Johnson is listed as a linebacker, and Joe Osmond was kind of working with the linebacker position. Gennard Avery, but Genard Avery, I, I so I didn't know exactly how to classify him, but I thought we should you know just give him a mention sure. here because I think one of those guys could potentially get the fifth spot. Which actually, I have my five defensive ends playing out here, Jimmy which are Brandon Graham, Derek Barnett as the starters, Josh Sweat, Ryan Kerrigan, and then I have Jannard Avery, my favorite player on the Eagles (laughs) roster at number five. (laughs) Okay, so you Um, did put him with the defensive ends. I did, ultimately. I think those top four are obviously locked in. The only question is, like, what's the playing time going to look like? I'm... I'm kind of worried, Jimmy. And I said at the time of the Ryan Kerrigan signing, although I love that he's on the team and won't be terrorizing the Eagles anymore, I kind of like, I'm a little nervous just because of what we've seen with veteran players sure. sometimes getting playing time over the young guys that like Ryan, Ke- and also just like, I don't know. Did Ryan Kerrigan really sign here to be like the fourth defensive end? Like, and well, he's another he did, candidate for that bar role too. Okay. Sure. I guess, well, yes and no. I mean, he wasn't working with those guys though. I think he's going to be used more traditionally as a, it th- like well that's the question defensive? yeah will
2: he be will he be that guy Will he be like part of that Anthony Barr role or will he
1: just have a role very similar to Chris Long where he comes in and he's the fourth DA? yeah so I think it's those top four the only question is and I guess will be worth watching like who's on what units are they are they rotating a lot is Ryan Kerrigan like working in with the first team a decent amount right like, that'll all be stuff to watch in camp so
2: I have BG I
1: have Barnett I have
2: Sweat Kerrigan and Teron Jackson, I have in there too, mm. who uh, the team drafted in the sixth round. Um, actually, only weighed in at like two fifty something at the combine, mm. which was a disappointment because he played both uh, defensive end and defensive tackle at Coastal Carolina. Really productive in college, and um, you know he's going to have to bulk up, obviously, if he's going to be doing that in the NFL. Like he can't be a two hundred and fifty pound, fifty, you know, two hundred fifty two hundred sixty pound defensive tackle in this league. I mean, you should. Well, maybe if it's just passing downs only, but um, I think they're gonna they're gonna bulk him up and and they're gonna keep him. They won't. They don't want to lose him. I think they're gonna try to, um, you know, over time develop him into sort of a guy that can play both inside and outside, like Brandon Graham and like uh, you know other guys that they've had here uh, over the last few years, like Michael Bennett, for example. Um, and that's sort of the the role that I see for him. All right, defensive tackle.
1: What's your uh, yeah. first takeaway there? Uh, I don't really know. What all we're looking for here, Jimmy, because I think the top three to me are set. It's kind of just getting a look at the young guys in terms of Milton Williams yeah. and Marlon Tui polotu Hey, who, there you go. By the way, did not practice in the Eagle Spring Drill, so I kind of even want to, we have to find out like where he is at health wise. Also, like not only did not practice in the spring, but it was seemed to be thought that like he fell a little bit further in the draft yes. because of the injury, whatever it was, which we don't even I don't even think we've ever heard of what it was, because the Eagles don't have to disclose that. Right. Some kind of undisclosed injury. So kinda wanna see what that's all about. And people didn't care
2: enough to find out for a six round. Yeah, people like don't it. care enough. Yeah. Sure.
1: Um so we'll see what that's all about and if he's even practicing. Uh what do you have at this spot?
2: Well, I think Milton Williams is going to be a guy that's going to be really fun to watch. I mean, he and by the way, he and uh, Tuli Peloto are two, uh, you know, different styles of defensive tackles. Where Williams is has that incredible uh, athletic ability, like those athletic measurables on the spider chart at mock draftable are like just off the chart charts. And Tuli Peloto is more of like a run stuffer. So, I mean, those two guys can kind of feed off of each other over the course of their careers potentially uh, with with the Eagles here and. You know, the other guy that, uh, you know, you mentioned before about Derek Barnett, you know, having missed, uh, you know, chunks of training camp since his rookie season. Well, the guy that, that they signed to a big contract last off season, who maybe didn't live up to that contract in his first year mm-hmm. is Javon Hargrave. And, you know, he missed most of the camp last year with a couple different injuries. Um, play in the early part of the season really suffered from that, in my opinion. And uh, I thought he actually closed the season well enough, but by then nobody really cared because they were – in the toilet and they're, they're, team, they're, they're garbage as a team. Uh, so uh, Hope theor- theoretically uh, come into this camp healthy and uh, maybe the Eagles can get a full season of production out of him as opposed to just the last, uh, you know, X number of games to close the season. So uh, who do you have a defensive tackle making the team?
1: Yeah, that's a good point on Hargrave, like him having his first full camp with the Eagles. That'll be you know beneficial, I think, to him, at least more than missing it last year. Um, so obviously Fletcher Cox, Javon, Har- Javon Hargrave, I believe it is. It is you're uh, right, yes. I, I have Hassan Ridgway as my number three. Okay. I have Milton Williams, and then I have Marlon T. To round <laughs> no out you, the five. you got it right the last time. Give it another whirl. Dewey Pelotu. There you go. There it is. Um. So the thing here that I don't love, Jimmy, obviously, is Hassan Ridgway, who I think when he's been healthy, I think he's been a nice player. I don't. It's not yes. the talent that bothers me. It is the injury concern. This is a player who has missed – 32 or he, i should phrase it this way he's played in 32 out of his last 64 possible games <laughs> right uh, actually it might even be a little bit higher i didn't even include playoffs in there so um yeah so not great like you almost have to keep you have to go heavier at this position because you have to like assume that he's not just going to stay healthy yeah so i have him off because wow. who wants him at this point like who's gonna is is he is anyone taking
2: it or you can probably sneak him out you can not sneak him but you can get him on your practice squad and you I don't can, know if I agree with that. You can play him when you need him. But even if you even if you go so what? Like for me yeah, I agree personally, I didn't think they should have resigned him because yeah, okay, yeah. so he's a decent player if, you know, if he's actually going to stay healthy, but if you keep him on your roster, that means somebody else has to go and also like if he gets hurt during the year, like he has almost every year, you're signing a guy off the street or off your practice squad, you're elevating somebody from the practice squad to take his spot. So like it's, you know, for, for a guy who's, you know, talent level is it's fine, but it's also just sort of, you know, marginal. I don't have him on. Um, so I have, I, by the way, uh, sure. I mentioned Fletcher Cox's uh, uh, possibility of trading him too, because, uh, I wrote an article about him and, uh, it <laughs> got some heat on that. We, I think we talk, actually talked about that on the last podcast, but, uh, I think part of the thing that we didn't that I didn't mention in that article is if Williams, Marlon Williams and, and Peloto actually show something in camp, then, you know, that maybe makes it easier for the front office to consider uh, trading away a guy like Cox
1: uh, to avoid paying him $32 million over the next two seasons and also getting a high pick in return. But you know they're not trading Cox before, like if they're going to trade Cox, it would be before the trade deadline. deadline. They're not yeah. going to do it before yeah. the season. They're just I'm with it's you just there. like there's a zero percent chance they're just not going <laughs> right. to do it. Um, uh, so so real quick, we, I'm
2: sorry. I have Cox, I have Hargrave, yeah. uh Williams, two weeks below two. That's it. I have those four, and then uh, as as mentioned, mm. like I have Teron Jackson over
1: Ridgeway here, and in theory, he can slide inside to to, to the interior if need be. And that's more of like what I would do. Again, just for the record if we didn't already say this, this is we're we're projecting what the Eagles will do, yes. and not so much what we would prefer. That's yes. a more interesting activity, I think. Um and my logic with keeping five is they've been decimated in recent seasons at defensive mm-hmm. tackle. And that's we, fair. We've talked about this with how much Fletcher Cox has had to play. <laughs> right. And nuts. I just think I think there's no way the coaching staff is comfortable with like two rookie later not like super late round pick for Milton Williams, but like two just two rookies behind Javon Hargrave and Fletcher Cox. I just don't think they're gonna be like super digging that. Because I don't even know personally how much like Milton Williams is ready to play right away. We've talked about this before where, where we think there's a chance that uh, our boy Marlon might even play more yes. than him, like in the short term, even though Milton has like the longer term upside. He's um, so. got an easier role too. Like just being a run stuffer is, is mm-hmm. uh, I mean, it's straightforward. Whereas, uh,
2: you know, being sort of a three technique requires more skill and in, in, frankly,
1: in trying to get to the quarterback and, and creating pressure that way than it is to just be a dedicated run stuffer. So before we wrap up, Jimmy, here, not we still have a little bit to go, but before we even get to finishing the defense, I should say, why don't you tell me about the great Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors who called into the show earlier and you ignored her? Yeah, and she uh by the way, she
2: when she pulled up um, my, my office faces the front yard, she pulled up and I detected maybe a little bit of a of a of a look like, why don't you answer my call? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Kristen Kristen Rocha, Road Trail Tours, Road Trail Tours, Road Tours, Kristen Rocha, Road Trail Tours.
1: She's the
2: greatest. 856-906-9295 856-906-9295
0: 92
1: Back here on BGN Radio. And now we're Jimmy. just
2: doing our Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors hit.
1: Oh, wow. <laughs> hey, Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors popping in. What did she say? I, I'm washing my hat, I think she said. Oh, okay. I don't know. Um, I- that was a nice pop in. <laughs> uh we'll see if that makes the cut. It's up to Rachel, who always edits this podcast. Eh, leave it in there. Big shout out to Rachel for always editing. Yes. Um Thank you, Rachel. Let's get to the linebacker position, Jimmy, where we have actually I'm not I was gonna read it because I thought we were doing the fifty three. That's incorrect. What are the big things to watch here for you? Well, who's going to communicate the calls to the defense? Is that going to be Eric who's Wilson? Mic? Yeah,
2: who's, who's, who's going to be – I don't necessarily – I don't know if it necessarily has to be the Mike that that has that responsibility. Yeah,
1: it doesn't, but it usually is.
2: But uh, yeah, so, so Eric Wilson was brought over from the Vikings again. You have that Mike Zimmer connection there. So he'll presumably have a handle on whatever defense Jonathan Gannon's is going to run. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see what kind of leadership role he takes on in the defense and how quickly – and if so, how do the players respond to that? And then, of course, Alex Singleton had a, was a major upgrade uh, over Nate Gary after Gary went down with an injury. Uh, might have led the the league in tackles if he had been a three down linebacker for those first uh, five games of the season. Um, so we'll see sort of who you know takes the the role of the uh, the you know the the sticker on the helmet guy, um, and you know who sort of takes on the leadership role uh, of the defense from the linebacker position. And then uh, for me, like the, the real questions that matter long term for this team are like, which of these guys are going to step up? They drafted two linebackers in Sean Bradley, Davion Taylor, and then they took a, another guy this year, safety, that they're converting to linebacker in uh, Jacoby Stevens. So which of those young guys are going to step up uh, and, and, and produce in any way uh, this season, aside from uh, Wilson
1: and Alex Singleton and TJ Edwards? We do have some news to me while you were talking. It wasn't oh. anything Eagles related okay. as far as I saw, but it's some big NFL news and it's that the NFL just informed clubs that if a game cannot be scheduled during the 18 week season, this season, due to a COVID outbreak, among unvaccinated players, Ooh, the team will, with the outbreak, will forfeit and be credited oh. with a loss. So, Ooh. uh, pouring out for Cole Beasley. Um, getting back <laughs> to the linebackers. Uh, uh, yeah, I think, you know, Eric Wilson is obviously the intriguing addition on here, uh, of the offseason, obviously at this position. Most, I mean, it's really the only big one. Other than, you know, Jacoby Stevens, at least I have making the team, spoiler alert. So, uh, yeah, I don't really know what to expect in terms of like, you know, what we're going to see out of these guys. I think you hit on a lot of points. Well, it'd be nice to see someone, I guess, like emerge and make plays Mm -hmm. in camp. Uh, have we, it feels like we, it's been a while since we've, we've seen that. Right. Um, there's youth here. There's potential, but, uh, not a great, position by any means nothing like settled and anything you feel like oh extremely confident about like i know alex singleton like i'm, I'm kind of worried jimmy that like alex singleton might be getting some of the greg ward effect where i like alex Singleton mm-hmm. and i like greg ward but like i think people overrate greg ward to this day because he came on during a time where the eagles had just like abysmal wide receiver play yes so him being merely competent like, <laughs> right, like, was this amazing thing, right? Where Alex Singleton, I'm worried he might be kind of facing the same thing. <laughs> yeah, and like, he wasn't really like awesome. Gary, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, he wasn't really like great, I think, in coverage last year. Like, I think he has some ability there, but where he's strong at, you know, is, is really like being a tackling machine to his credit and stopping the run. But Nick, you need more than that, yeah.
2: Made Gary signed by the 49ers and already cut by them.
1: Yeah, I think there's an injury thing in there. Okay. They waved him with some kind of injury thing, but yeah, yeah. All right. um uh so who let's go through the yeah i have eric wilson alex singleton as my top two players okay. here uh, i guess i have alex singleton with the green dot ultimately um but maybe that's wilson i don't know i really don't feel great about it and then i have tj edwards sean bradley above davion taylor mm-hmm. who i have making the team although if this was again a personal thing i would probably not have him on the team and then jacoby stevens to round it out i think that's the first position group that we agree on wow right so far, I think so. I mean, who else would really be even like a candidate here? Uh, you could say Patrick Johnson, but he's kind of more in that, you know, like that edge rusher role.
2: Yeah, I have him on the practice squad initially. Yeah. So, and you have Jannard Avery on, but you had him on as part of the defensive end rotation. Um, yeah. I have him. This is probably wrong <laughs> because he's I think that's another guy that uh, Howie Roseman is just going to will to uh, have some kind of role in this defense. But on you know, my fifty three. Again, I'm just looking at it now, and I'm thinking oh, it's probably going to be wrong.
1: But I have Janard Avery off. Avery is still officially listed as a defensive end on the Eagles roster. Oh, is he? Okay, I thought he was. Whatever I that's they, worth. All
2: right, because there was a report that he was moving to linebacker,
1: and yes. maybe yeah, and, maybe, maybe that. And he was sure. in practice. Yeah, yeah. But whatever, it doesn't matter. I, like, I'm 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 considering you know that overlap because it's an edge rusher. Whatever. If you if you want to put him at linebacker and say it's seven there, then it doesn't matter to me. Cornerback um, Jimmy, dun, dun, we are. Dun, dun. we already know what Darius Slay can or or can't bring to the table. Um, He's your best starting quarterback. But outside of that, who freaking knows who's going to be the Eagles quarterback number two? Is it someone who is not even on the roster yet? Seems like those odds are decreasing. Obviously, as we're getting closer to training camp every day, if you're going to have a player there, they're not going to have a full camp. At least, you know, unless Mm -hmm. unless they're signed between now as recording this on July 22nd, Thursday and the start of camp next week uh yeah so i guess it'll be interesting really interesting to see who is that cornerback number two in spring drills jimmy we saw michael duquette getting first team <laughs> right. quarterback reps right so yeah uh big question mark there
2: it's probably the second
1: best roster
2: battle on the on, on in, in camp behind i mean it's not even a traditional one because like left tackle it's, yeah it's mano y mano it's Dillard, my lot. It'll be one of those two players. <laughs> yes. Whereas he, uh, I think there's like a two percent chance it's Jack Driscoll, but okay. But but for, for our likely. purposes, heading in, it's Dillard versus Mylotte. But in this case, it's like. Is it going to be Zach McPherson? Is it gonna uh, Zach McPherson? Excuse me. Is it going to be Michael Chikad? Is it going to be? Are they going to have Avanti Maddox back out there again this year? Because like, just nobody steps up. Is it going to be Craig James? Like, there's it could be four or five different Desiree guys Scott. that could that could you know potentially win that job. So that's what we'll be watching for in training camp. Like, just which of those guys steps up. And I
1: don't think there's really much more to say about the cornerback position than that. And or do they bring someone in like they did right, in twenty seventeen right, when right. they traded for Ronald Darby? Like yeah. do they bring someone in during camp and have, because they have to, and it's like, well, we gotta do something. By the um, way, when
2: did uh Steven Nelson tweet that out and where he said uh today, today or tomorrow? Or was that was that well, Tuesday?
1: I think so. Yeah. So the so. deadline has passed. I think that tweet <laughs> has since been deleted, by the way. I hate <laughs> okay. Jimmy, I hate when people read into uh athlete tweets too much. Like, <laughs> yeah. I get it. Like it's kind of fun to speculate on Twitter, but like the the thing where I'm I was seeing a bunch of like blog posts about it, and like ab- like once people were like steven Nelson's going to make his big decision. Like, did he really say that? He just said today or tomorrow. That could mean <laughs> literally anything. Like that could I don't know. Like that doesn't. So whatever. And, then, and guess what? It meant nothing because he's still unsigned. As, as right. We're recording this, so right, right. whatever. Um. Also I think the obsession with Stephen Nelson is just like a little bit too much. But uh that's a guy right for what he's likely going to cost and how good of a player he is and you're only
2: going to have him for one year theory. I mean if you're him you're only going to sign for a year, you're going to have a good year and you're going to hit free agency for you know at the normal time of free agency you're going to get a big payday in theory. So uh yeah I like I'll, him,
1: but the Eagles are not a Stephen Nelson away. It's from a, it's the a super waste bowl.
2: of money in a, in a non-super bowl contending season. Like if they are super bowl contenders, he's already here. In my opinion, like they, he's already signed by this team. But yeah. he's, they're not Super Bowl contenders, so he's not. All right.
1: Who you got? Well, he could be a long-term piece. But anyway, uh, enough about him. I have Darius Slay. I'm going to go with – I'm going to go bold, Jimmy. I'm going to say Zach McPherson is your week one starting quarterback. Yeah, I'm with you there. Um, I don't even think that's bold. Okay. I think, I'm with you. Who, who, else, who else would it be? <laughs> uh, I mean, I think it could be Maddox. I think they could put Maddox back they there. They could. Um, not but that I'm with sure. you. I got Zach McPherson as a starter too. Uh, and it could be a situation too where Maddox is the starter on the outside in, um, base, but like when it's nickel, mm. he moves into the slot and they put McPherson on the outside. Uh, so it's kind of like, you know, not the traditional setup where you're thinking of bringing in the slot corner, but like you're rotating guys. Um, so they could do something like that. Um, and then. So those are my first two. Maddox is my number three. Mm-hmm. I have Craig James as yep. my number four. I think he's a really good special teams player. Yep. That kind of got lost because he was hurt last year. I think he, he has a good Their chance. Best to make special this teamer team.
2: last year out of camp. Best 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 special
1: yeah. teamer on the team. Uh, and then I have Josiah Scott. Yep. as my number five. So you just have five corners then. I just only have five. I have six. I have those same guys, but I also have Michael Jacquet making the team. I like Michael Jacquet. I'm not against him, but it's just I, I was in a numbers crunch here. Probably went irresponsibly heavy. Before.
2: Yeah, I mean, but, uh, the the last uh, two or three spots are uh, you know, tough to figure out sometimes. All right, safety. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of so, like a little bit like the linebacker position in that they brought over Eric Wilson from the Vikings. They also bring over Anthony Harris from the Vikings and uh, should theoretically, again, know Jonathan Gannon's scheme. What kind of leadership role will he take on? And then you have Rodney McLeod, who is coming off his second ACL tear in three years, uh, had a good season. The year that he tore his ACL, the next year, didn't quite look as fast and quick as he had previously. And I think he was culpable for a lot of the, I mean, he was led the league in in uh, 40-plus yard pass plays that year in 2019. Um, and I think he was partly culpable for a lot of those. Um, last year, I didn't have high expectations for Ronnie McLeod to start the season. And a good year. He had a good year before he got hurt. I think it was in the Saints game that he tore his ACL. Uh, it so was in December, yeah. It was early December. So you think uh, ACL tears typically take like nine months or so for recovery? Um, I thought he, I figured I figured he'd be a, a lock for the pup list to at least start training camp, but I'm not so sure about that anymore. I think he's probably, I mean, because you only, but you save in one roster, one roster spot. Actually, I don't even think you do save a roster spot for training camp for guys on pup. So um, no. they're gonna, I think they're gonna have him on the field. Not necessarily, um, you know, full participant, but he's got to learn the scheme because he's going to be part of, uh, you know, getting guys lined up and stuff like that, along with Harris uh, on the back end there. And he's a leader of the team. So I think you're going to want him out there. So I, at this point, I would actually be surprised if he lands on the pup list. And um, and then you have, of course, guys uh, on the back end, like uh, we already mentioned Kayvon Wallace, who, you know, a lot of people sort of thought would have a, a decent role in the defense last year and then didn't. Uh, Marcus Epps, uh, Andrew Adams, and then, uh, you know, undrafted guys like Graylin Arnold <coughs> and um,
1: uh, Bo Wolf's guy, Elijah Riley. Riley.
2: Yeah. So uh, uh, what what are your takeaways on the position?
1: Yeah. I mean, it'll be interesting to see where McLeod's health at. That's obviously a big one. Um, it's not really so much in terms of, I guess maybe camp a little bit is like, is Anthony Harris, is he going to be like the playmaker he was? Cause in 2019, you know, really big season and Got the franchise tag from the Vikings mm-hmm. after that led the league in interceptions, at least our safety, I believe with six. Um, like, is he going to be making plays? Because last year was kind of a down year for him. I think there's a potential for him to bounce back here after that down year. Um, but we'll see about that. We'll see if he can kind of show any good, encouraging flashes in camp. And then, yeah, the young guys, what is, what is Kayvon Wallace going to show us? Is he going to be the first guy up too with McLeod? You know, presumably maybe not taking 100% of those first-team snaps. Right. Like, who is that first guy up? How are those rotations looking? So uh, that's my question there. And then as for my four guys, Jimmy, I have Anthony Harris, Rodney McLeod, Kayvon Wallace, number three. And then I actually have your guy, Jim Schwartz's guy, Epsy, Marcus Epps. was my number four. Yeah, I have the same four. I have Harris, McLeod, Wallace,
2: and Epps. Or did you say and, somebody
1: Did you say somebody else there? You have, you have McLeod on, nope. right? Okay, so we have the same Same. And I guess in theory, I don't know if this is like in practice, but because we have Jacoby Stevens here on linebacker, like maybe that allows right. Eagles to go a little bit lighter at safety because if they really need to, they can feel like they can like maybe flip him back in a pinch or whatever. Um yeah. So that was the thinking there.
2: All right. Special teams. Um
0: <laughs> there's no mean, competition. But I
1: think yeah, I mean
2: there's no competition for any of these guys, but I think there are some I think they are notable because okay. um, Jake Elliott had his worst season as a pro last year. Last year I didn't track kicks for the first time ever. Um and, and that was because of COVID. We weren't allowed to Roam the sidelines. We weren't free to roam the sidelines as much as we normally had been. So we were confined to uh, specific areas of the practice field at times. So we couldn't get over to see if like kicks were good or whatever. So like I just didn't track him last year. So I'll, we'll be back on the tracking the field goal kicks beat uh in 2021. But he had his worst year last year. They need to have him have a bounce back season, or he won't be on the roster in 2022. Like they couldn't cut him this off season. They like, they signed a. They sent him to a big deal. When was that? Was that the 2020 offseason? Was it during the 2019 uh, season?
1: It was November of 2019. Okay.
2: And uh, you, got a, you got a lot of money for a kicker. And uh, proceeded to disappoint in 2020. So, uh, yeah, he's got to have a bounce back year. I mean, he's made a lot of huge kicks over his career. So, I think he's a guy that's, you know, become maybe a little bit of a, of um, an unfair punching bag. But, um hmm. I mean, he's he had the biggest kick of franchise history. That kick in the Super Bowl is crazy. Yeah. And then the kick against the Giants, kick against the Raiders in the, in the cold weather. Like he he had huge kicks that year, but he's got to bounce back. And then, of course, we have a new punter this year, Cameron Johnson, leaves for the Houston Texans, which opens the door for Aaron Sibos Sebas, Sebas, who, as you like to note, uh, gave... I forget the I know the I know Jack the, Fox. Fox. Okay, the last first name's Jack. All right. Jack Fox and the Lions, who I think pro football focus, and also those uh those uh punting nerds on Twitter, punt runs, yeah. I think they're called, something like that. They both had him as the number one punter in the NFL last year. And yep. um I think you had uh found, you know. People, you know, writing about Prior the Lions. of Detroit had said like he was neck and neck. Got with it, Jack Fox with with in training camp all year, and they kept him on their practice squad for the entirety yeah. of the season. Even with their regular punter having as good a season as they as he had. Uh, the Eagles poached him off their practice squad near the end of the year. Something like that. I forget exactly how. Oh, no, they signed him to a futures contract. Yep. Whatever. It doesn't matter. He's going to be the punter <laughs> this year. I mean, you couldn't give me a punter competition to watch, Eagles.
1: Hey, really? there's still time, Jimmy. There's still time, <laughs> in theory, for them to sign someone. In theory. We'll see. <laughs> and then, obviously, Ricky Lovato is the Eagles long snapper. Yeah. And that rounds out the roster. <laughs> yes. And we talked about LaRaven Clark on the, the pup list, likely. Um, he will be he will count towards the ninety man roster in training camp, but you will not count towards the fifty three right. man roster. If that is the case, uh, Jimmy, let's get to the practice squad really quick. I'm going to run through mine. That I didn't do, so you're on your own here. Okay, that's fine. Well, I, this is you know kind of this for the deep cut people here okay. anyway. People who care about this. Do, the are the rules the same care?
2: as last year, where they get to keep like a a boatload of
1: them? So. I googled this before the pod to double check and I don't think, I don't know if it's been officially settled and out there, but I think like a lot of things were pointing to as articles written in June were like pointing to the protocols were likely to be the same. Okay. So I think we're looking at 16 again. So I have 16 here. I have Jason Huntley, who you mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. I have Jamon Osmond, a wide receiver. He's actually the youngest player on the Eagles roster to me, by okay. the way, at 21 years old and also has a connection to Aaron Moorhead. You know, they were both from uh, that Texas. A M mm-hmm. background, I believe it was. Uh I have John Hightower on here. I don't feel great about it, but I have him on and you here. You think somebody poaches um, him? Or you don't feel uh, great about it because he might make the team. Or well it might be bad. Like it, <laughs> might, it might be so bad or this like nope. Oh, okay. Um <laughs> gotcha. And he's older too. <laughs> it's like, what's, like, nope. what's the upside here? Yeah. Uh Jack Stoll, Tyree Jackson. Uh I have Rosh, Ross Pierce Baker. A lot of people are gonna pronounce this name wrong, Jimmy. it's <laughs> oh, not is that Ross is that how Pierce how you, is that how you pronounce it? Okay. The Pronunciation Guide, and I think I saw an interview with him too, like talking about this or something somewhere. It's Pierce Baker, not Bocker. Okay, it's very tempting to say Bocker because it's spelled B. I always in my I don't H-A-C-R. think I've ever actually said his name out loud, but in my nope. head I always said it Bocker. This is why you come to BGN Radio to know the real information. It's Ross Pierce Baker. Also, okay. I think sneaky roster con- contender. Like the Eagles signed him away from Washington's practice squad late in the year last year, so mm-hmm. they they like something about him. Right. Um, Luke Chiriga, I have on here. So two like center guard types. So Luke uh, wins the uh, practice squad center battle over Harry Kreider, you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Tommy Lawler did not have good things to say about Harry Kreider when he did his UDFA did? review. He was like, Lawler? Tommy Lawler. He kind of like gave analysis of all the Eagles undrafted rookie free agents. Yeah, he, yeah, he, he like, watched the yeah, Harry Kreider tape. Well, he was just like, I don't see anything here. Um, <laughs> all right. Look at Tommy. Which is Tommy's version of being mean. Uh, <laughs> yes. Jeron Jackson, Jaquan Bailey, Jaquan Bailey. Okay. Uh, Matt Leo will make do, it, of course, automatically. No, he will not. Oh he's no, it's done that anymore. Ah, oh, okay. Yeah, it's done. Um, Raekwon Williams, defensive tackle, linebacker Patrick Johnson, linebacker Rashad Smith, quarterback Michael Jacquet, quarterback Shaquille Taylor. Okay. Probably people who don't even know he's on the Shaquille. roster actually officially the first signing of the Nick Sirianni oh, era. Okay. Uh, Grayland Arnold and then Ariza R- Riley. Since I only went with four safeties on the fifty-three man roster. So that was a big waste of time, so probably. But some of those names are are names to watch for the bubble. The
2: disrespect for T. Y. McGill is uh
1: I mean, what shocking. are we doing here? It's gonna be like twenty eight <laughs> or twenty nine. Like do we need to really keep him around? I'll
2: tell you what, and, when uh, in doing some of these other like player reviews, he did like pop occasionally uh like when okay. watching other guys.
1: So he's sure. got something. What's the upside there? There's you know, is none. Just, There's
2: no upside. Yeah. There's none. Yeah. There's
1: none. But if you're keeping sixteen yeah. guys, he's a guy that they can that's playable at least. Well, they might keep him over Ridgeway. You could sub him out. From, yeah, I just think they're going to keep some veteran behind. I don't think they're going to go with two rookies behind Cox okay. and Hargrave. I could be wrong. All right. Um, anything to wrap up, Jimmy? Any other things we didn't get here? Uh, I'm ready for camp, really. Uh, okay. So
2: I, uh, you know, I like my summer. I like to go to the beach. I like to, you know, ride my bike, stuff like that. Um, but I'm ready. Let's get it going and uh, let's let's get to work. And uh, our our uh, the fun portion of our lives is going to be over until the be- you know roughly the beginning of January. But uh, I'm ready. What are you for talking it. about,
1: dude? This is the fun. This, let's this get to it. Fun.
2: Let's get to it. Let's go training camp. I'm going to cover the I'm going to cover the shit out of this camp, Brandon. How about you?
1: You're going to journalize the <laughs> right. the crap out of this, John. <laughs> That's right. Um. How about a you? You gonna You uh, gonna, gonna journalize this bad boy too? Oh, Jimmy, come on! It's it's like let's effortless get, for me. Let's yeah. get I'm pumped really up, baby! Over let's, yeah. get, let's get it going. Jimmy just took his shirt <laughs> off. Wow, this is wild. Um, he didn't actually do that. Um, uh, Jimmy, it's gonna be intense. You know, we're gonna be out there every day. The BGN Radio listeners know that we will be here for you. So, so here's here's my thing that I've kind of thought about it this way in recent years, Jimmy, like the fans at large do not have the opportunity to attend training camp. There's the open training camp Mm -hmm. practices, just only two, by the way, for the Eagles and there's the Jets ones um, this year as well. You know, there's the select season ticket holders who get to attend practice normally. I don't, are they going to be there at all this year? Yeah. I don't, I I I I doubt it. I doubt it. We'll see. But that's still, that's such a small portion of the fan base, even if so. Right. Um, uh, So Jimmy and I, are aiming to be your eyes and ears at camp. Like we, I want to make the listeners and the readers feel like they're there with me, like to, to the best of my ability. Um, so that's what we're going to do here on BJN radio. We're going to be here with you every single day after practice, giving you our practice recap. Obviously we'll be near daily up the notes. pods. We probably won't have them on days where, where they're off, of course, but off the, Yeah. We're, we're not going to commit to off days, but for every practice, we will have a podcast for you um to give you a breakdown or maybe we have to double up at some point but anyway the point is every day for the most part barring a rare exception we'll have a practice a uh, practice podcast report for you and so in addition to the notes that you'll be able to read on bleeding and then philly voice.com for jimmy uh we will give you you know more color than we might be able to put you know in writing or some things that might come up after practice right, or whatever right, so right. so we'll have all that for you here in our notes uh, both in written form and podcast form. It'll be fun. We'll be breaking down 53-man roster uh, posts and different things throughout the you know, out camp. There'll be preseason games this year, so we'll be analyzing all of those. There's, there's a lot of good content and coverage coming up here on the Bleeding Green Nation podcast feed, so make sure you subscribe, rate, download, review, all those good things because you don't want to miss an episode. As we begin Eagles training camp, which again is the real beginning of the Eagle season. It's not the week one. It's just not. It starts now. The journey to the Super Bowl starts right here. So leave your questions and
2: are... reviews too, Bias. So by yeah. the way, like if you ever, if you want to leave a review, leave a question there and we'll answer your question on the podcast.
1: It, Jimmy, it is binding. We legally have to answer any question someone leaves in a <laughs> review. If they leave a review and it obviously five stars, please. Um, so. That's about it, Jimmy, unless you have any other final thoughts. Nope. Let's do it. Okay. So, you know, follow us on Twitter at Brandon Galton, at Jimmy Kemsky, at BGN underscore radio, at bleeding green, bleeding Go check those out. Uh, check out the Espionation NFL show, which is also ramping up, obviously, our NFL coverage. We've been doing kind of a modified approach, Jimmy, here for the past couple of months, you know, being in the dead zone, just one, uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday episodes, but we're going back to full time every one, one every weekday five episodes a week. So you want to subscribe to the SB nation NFL show to hear me on there as well. And a lot of people like RJ, for some reason, RJ, as you know, from the NFC, mixtape, which also is still going strong and will be even more fun with camp starting up and the Cowboys being on, um, hard knocks, which we'll be talking about on there. So a lot of, just a lot of good stuff coming up and you don't want to miss it. So hopefully you're still around for all those plugs. I appreciate, All the Instagram follows Jimmy, that everyone gave me last week after I shout out the Instagram to check out that pizza thing that I was talking about. So, shout out to all those people. Shout out to all the people from Mercer County who reached out uh, as well where I grew up. So, that's enough. I've I've talked way too long. This has been a long (laughs) podcast. And we love you if you're still listening. And if you are still listening, hashtag, I'm ready for training camp. Okay, I'm ready for training camp. good. I am ready for training camp. Uh, All right. That's it. Bye. Goodbye, everybody.
2: P G N.